Three, two, one. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Awards Radar Podcast. As always, I'm Joey, and I am joined this time by Ryan McQuaid. Say hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. This Miles is going to be pissed when he hears you did that. <laughs> and, I did uh, it for him since I, he's not here. Yeah, sure. And then sitting <laughs> in, we have the world's oldest man, Mark Johnson. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's a, it's a little bit of an award circuit get-together again, even though yeah. basically every one of these is in one form or another. <laughs> uh, and uh, since we were talking sports before this, because it's what we do, um, I'm going to ask each of you for your favorite and least favorite play from your franchise. So not game or yeah. player, because that's less interesting, but individual play. And I'll go first, just so you have an idea. Um my favorite is the uh, Monday Night Miracle, the Jumbo Elliott touchdown catch against the Dolphins, nice. just because yeah. even he's surprised he caught it. And uh, I mean, I almost can say last week was my least favorite play, but it actually worked out well for my team trying to get the first pick. Uh, the least favorite play is the butt fumble. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll, yeah, I'll tell you, too. I was, yeah, I was in Maryland at my ex-girlfriend's like family's Thanksgiving. And if you remember, the Jets weren't bad that year. They were a game no, back of the Patriots. Good. They were decent. They were either yeah. two games back or one game back. Because they would, I th- they think they would have might have been tied for the division if they beat them. So that was the that was the new third like Thanksgiving game. It was a game of the week. And I remember getting ready to leave her family's house, and they were like, "Oh, you got a pretty good game. You're going ho- going to the hotel to watch." And I was like, "Yeah, maybe." And I get in the car, and I think the fifteen or twenty minute drive back to the hotel, it's fourteen nothing or twenty one nothing. There was at least two like fumbles that were returned and I get back in time, turn it on, see the butt fumble happen. And I just turn it off. And she's like, what happens? Like, I don't want to talk about it. And I was just pissy <laughs> the rest of the night. Uh, all right. Uh, Mark age before beauty. You can do yours. Oh God. Well, my team's the Cleveland Browns and we have a legacy of horrific plays happening between the drive with John Elway and the fumble with Ernest Biner at the goal line the next year, uh, red, right 88 against the Raiders. I mean, there's just, an unlimited amount of least favorite plays. So that's probably the easiest one to start with. I guess for me, it was Ernest Biner's fumble um, because I, I still to this day consider John Elway the best quarterback of all time. Um, and part of that's because I grew up in the eighties watching him dismantle mm-hmm. my Browns. Uh, and that 98, <laughs> yard, 90, I think it was 98 yard drive that he had. And then the, so in the 87, 88 years, we were really, those were like our best years since the Jim Brown sixties. And watching Elway go down and end that season for us was rough. But the very next year, we were right back in that AFC championship against them again. And Ernest Biner, such a great dude and, you know, great running back in, in the history of Browns football, fumbling at the goal line right as he's about to cross to, to get us the win was, like, just mo- probably the most devastating play uh, that I've ever seen. Uh Favorite play? That's tough because we don't have too many of those. <laughs> that would require some wins. Um, I think one <laughs> of my favorite plays, These I'm going to give you two, and they're both very vague. One of my favorite plays is one of Eric Metcalf's kick returns in the 90s when he, um, after he scored, he leapt up into the crowd, and it was before like the Lambo leap was a thing. And the Browns started doing it again after that. After he did that, that became like a big thing here. Mm. It didn't get nearly the media attention that you know the Lambo leap got, but uh, that kind of created a you know added to the dog pound culture we had here. 
Um, the most vague play I can remember that I just loved as, as a young adult was we had another running back, Leroy Horde, who was just this beast of a runner. And he had, I remember this play where he had two defenders from the Vikings on his left and right as he was running. And he kind of like faked left, faked right, and realized he wasn't going to, like in that moment, he like realized he wasn't going to out juke these guys. And he just plowed forward over both of them and knocked them both down and kept going. It was, it was just a really cool play. And I know that's vague as hell, but o- it was just a neat play. OG Peyton Hillis. <laughs> yeah, Peyton we've had We've had our share of good yeah. running backs. You, when you talk about like the drive and stuff, it's one of the reasons why I didn't pick the, uh, the fake, uh, spike timeout thing by uh oh god by marino because he is such a good quarterback that you that was yeah. more the the play than the yeah you know like the worst like the jets fucked up on the butt fumble the dolphins yeah. just trick them on that play so i can't get mad at right. that um ryan's gonna annoy us because his team historically was good <laughs> so well i mean technically in my lifetime i was like a baby when they won their super bowls so I don't really That's remember upsetting. the good. I don't. I, yeah, it's, it makes you. It makes, I do too. It makes y'all feel really old, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but I, I. So I don't really one hundred percent remember. You know, us winning those championships, obviously. Um, and that's why, like, for the most part, I I do love my Cowboys. They are the most frustrating part of my life. I think more than like my Longhorns, who's won a national championship, or yeah. his wife, my Spurs, who's won five, or you know my Red Sox, who have won countless over the last couple. Of now years. That one makes no sense. You just named Texas franchise, <laughs> and you're like, and also Boston. That's unacceptable <laughs> to say right now. <laughs> I, I've told you guys this that you know my uncle was a big Yankees fan, yeah. and he was so obnoxious, and like the Astros weren't really good, and. You know, the the Rangers weren't very good when I was growing up, but the Red Sox, they had Manny, they had Pedro, they had Poppy. So, so like they were, they were guys that they they had, you know, and that's my Manny. (laughs) No, no, it's not. Shut up. up, Brian, I remember Um, when when David Ortiz was on the Minnesota Twins. So you shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, and and I just, I really liked the team and they were, and they were just, for me, they were always the underdogs in my house. And so I started rooting yeah. for them in spite of my uncle. And then I just ended up falling in love with them. And then the first year I really got invested with them was the Aaron Boone home run. Oh, so I, I, awesome. I got my first taste as a Red Sox fan of getting like just imploded with, you know, shit. And then the then the next year we won the title. So, you know, it, it's sort of a, um, but with the Cowboys, yeah. um, I guess like my favorite moment over the last couple of years, because it's been sort of a uh, few in between, <laughs> um, uh, was there was a um, there was a play that we did a couple of years ago when we were at Pittsburgh, and Dak threw a screen to Zeke and he ran for like eighty yards on a touchdown, mm-hmm. and then like same in that game, Dak, uh, Zeke just runs right up the gut and we beat him with like three seconds left to go in that game. So for Mark, that's like a very happy thing, yeah. you know, that we beat the Steelers. Yeah. Um, and that was part of that 13-3 year that we <sighs> got robbed again by Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's like, the like when Aaron Rodgers like retires, I think then that's when the Cowboys can finally win something. <laughs> to be good again at that point. Yeah, either that or when Jerry Jones passes away, like one of those two oh, yeah. things is, gonna, is really going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the, the most agonizing thing to me in my fandom over the last couple of years is the Dez catch. 
because oh, yeah. I think he caught it. There's oh, yeah, no, no question. There's no question about it. We score there because we'll yeah. just hand the ball off to Murray and beat them, right? And we had already gone up that year and beat Seattle, quote-unquote Legion of Boom at the time. Yeah. So I was very confident we could go up there and do it again. Like, we were built to beat them. You know what I mean? We were just very physical, and we that was like the team I thought, man, if we we're going to do something, we're going to do it with them. And it's totally not Dez's fault. We totally got screwed. You know, I, I've always I've always said this about referees or the NFL. I don't know why yeah. they don't try to sort of rig it for the Cowboys to get to the Super Bowl <laughs> because of the fact your ratings would be yeah. just insane if they ever went back. Right. Like even if they got beat by like 40 points, the ratings yeah. for a Cowboys Super yeah. Bowl would be just you, like something it, it you heard be it bigger first. than anything. Ryan's part of the deep state. Right. For sure. What's funny about that is not only are they not doing that, thank God, because that would ruin the sport. Yes. But no, they, no, it would be fine. It would be fine. They've also moved them out of primetime this week in favor of my Cleveland Browns. They have well, it's Browns fine because, I mean, who, who who the hell, Mark, wants to watch us play Cincinnati without Burrow <laughs> no. and without Dak? No. Like, that's... Yeah. That's, so, it was punishment enough when they put us in primetime with the Eagles. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> that was an you, awful game. Listen, there are two teams that are beloved to me outside of the Browns, and that's the 95, I think it's the 95-96 Cowboys. Because they beat the Steelers. the Steelers in the Super Bowl. And the You're Green welcome. Bay Packers led by your boy Aaron Rodgers. From beating the Packers. Beating <laughs> beating the Steelers in the, yeah, we yeah. got you. All right. The now fact that, that Aaron Rodgers won that <laughs> Super Bowl in my stadium always just uh, chaps my ass. I like how we just make sure there's 10 minutes of sports talk to get rid of all the people who are here to listen to uh, movie talk. <laughs> Though I'll end by just saying... Just tell them to fast forward. Yeah, just fast forward first 11 minutes. 14 minute mark. Um, yeah, just fast forward. I will say, uh, so we recorded this on Sunday morning. Saturday Night Live last night, their last sketch of the night, I just happened to have it on because Springsteen was the guest, um, was Sports oh, Max. Yeah, of course. Was if Newsmax did sports, and it was uh, <laughs> it was the claiming that the Jets are have won the last three Super Bowls and they haven't lost a game in three years. Because if you look at the end of the first <laughs> quarter, they were up three nothing and and like why would you stop you stop count, you just keep counting until they're losing? What is this nonsense? Um you know, like them and the Knicks. It was it was very funny. So it's worth looking up. But yeah. to transition into uh movies, we have a Ryan McDermott question, as always. Uh Mark, these will be familiar to you. They're uh yeah. now uh, rebranded as Filmahawk face off so we don't get sued. Um Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, he he submitted cinephile yeah. showdowns, and I was like, maybe maybe rename them just uh, just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Um, they'll be, they're they're themed, and the theme will be very clear very quickly. Um, okay. So the first one is Memento or the Prestige. Uh, Memento for sure for me. Oh, the Prestige. Memento. Awesome. Memento. Prestige is one of the Nolans. I don't I don't get like it's fine, but. I don't think I've Prestige, ever seen it. Prestige is my favorite Nolan, so Prestige is I my. I recently went back to Prestige. I'll go back eventually. Did you... Yeah, I recently went back and because I I never quite got the love either, and yeah. and I liked it more this time around, but I still would I put it in the middle of the pack for Nolan. Yeah, it's in the it's in the middle to bottom tier for me. Granted, it's still good. I I don't dislike any of his movies. Yeah. Spoiler alert for Tenet. Oh totally yeah, later. and I like and I like I like yeah. Memento a lot. It's yeah. just for me. Like I said, yeah. Prestige is my favorite Nolan. I think I was also yeah. just confused why this was his in-between Batman pick. Like, you're doing a book 
period piece magic movie when there's another one gonna in development all right go for it granted it you know i'm glad he did it i'm yeah. glad he did it i mean i do remember a ton of the illusionist is better like articles that year but i don't oh, know yeah, no. oh no, no. that <laughs> one's a good movie though too not gonna lie it's yeah. a good movie they're both but, they're both about the same to me I just both, me- like i just remember those two movies coming out at the same time and it's like which right. twist do you like the most basically yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of like when dante's peak and volcano came out at the same time maybe that happens yeah. like we had what dunkirk and uh uh darkest hour like there was there's so wait wait like, yeah we can do this now wait like dante's yeah, peak or volcano i like volcano better they're both bad <laughs> though um god they're both bad that, real. to be honest yeah, uh, I mean, Volcano was ridiculous. That was Volcano. Dante's Peak was uh, was Pierce Bronson. Go with Volcano. Yeah, um, yeah Dunkirk I like better than Darkest Hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Deep Deep Impact oh, I like uh, better. Deep Impact White is better White, than. Oh, guys, I was about to say. Wait, wait. I know yeah, that one. Deep That's next. Deep, Im- Deep Impact's way better than Armageddon, and, and we know why Mark thinks that. Yeah, for sure. Um, wait, for sure. yeah, I know. Yeah. So, uh, White House Down or Olympus Has Fallen? Oh, White House Down. I don't like Olympus Has Fallen. I didn't see either one of those. So they're not. Them. So they're they're both they're also not, not good. But there's a. Dip. It depends on how you yeah. want it. So, um, White House Down is Roland Emmerich, like big. Everything's big oh and nonsensical, God. but it's, <laughs> but it's 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 fun. Like it has that like PG thirteen like stupid movie aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, though I don't like Jamie Foxx as the president. Like that was a weird casting call like yeah it was, a, yeah, it was, it was let's let's we want like an obama type but let's not have any of the things yeah. that make us like obama um yeah. but i was who's who's the well channing tatum is a better hero whereas olympus has fallen Gerard butler's a vacuum of charisma um but aaron eckhart's a more <laughs> believable like potus type but here's the thing that i don't like about yeah olympus. i i just re- Joe, I just remember in Olympus Has Fallen, like the terrorists dragging Melissa Leo and her like screaming the Pledge of Allegiance yeah, that, on the ground. Stupid. And I remember and I remember going, Oh my god, so this is the one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, the like, reason I And then it spawned like nine hundred. Oh, sequels. they're all they're all not good. Here's the thing I don't like about them. I love a violent movie. It's too violent for some reason. Like there's just something about like there, there, the assault on the White House is also very similar. Like, there's both mo- both movies have like the machine gun terrorists taking out like the Secret Service on the front lawn. But in Olympus Has Fallen, like they're just butchered. And at a certain point, you're like, this is not fun to be watching. And like, you never you never know which movie's gonna <laughs> yeah. do it for you. Like a couple weeks ago, we talked about Brawl and Cell Block '99, which is like a gore fest, and I love Saw. But there was something about like the like thirtieth Secret Service guy. I was like, well, that's just like another tragedy. Um, it, it didn't do it for me. And that franchise sucks. And I'm sure there's more of these, but let's get back to Ryan's list. He's, oh, yeah. As he's like, we're, you're ruining my question. Um, <laughs> Batman begins or the dark Knight rises. For Batman oh. begins. Yeah. Who's going first? Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah. Batman begins for sure. Yeah. I, I'd agree. And I, I actually would go a step further. I think Batman begins is the best of the trilogy. You know, that's not a hot take. No. Some, you know, no, I, I've okay. heard a lot of people say that. You're wrong, but mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that. I've heard people say that. I mean, I, uh, as the foremost Dark Knight Rises fan, uh, <laughs> I'm going Dark Knight Rises. I also think Begins is the least Jesus. of the franchise. No, I love the Dark Knight Rises. I love that it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a war movie, essentially. I, 
I give that movie such a pass because that's really not the movie he ever wanted to make because no. of Ledger's passing. Like I, I like I don't think it's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a movie that every time I rewatch it, I go, yeah, you could tell there wasn't the sort of, I think, level of consistency that he in the script as much as he really wanted to because he had a whole story with Ledger and and and, and it was really going to be sort of just a continuation of the Dark Knight. It wasn't going to introduce any of these characters, and then so I mean, you just... hear you hear conflicting reports about that. I know there was going to be more. The Joker was meant to return, but you, you, yeah, I think that I think that if Ledger doesn't pass, I think he's definitely a, a big part of the finale. Like, you yeah, know what I mean, like, I think it, I think at the minimum he would have been instead of Scarecrow, like the judge in the during like. Oh Gotham no, Hunter. they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have wasted that opportunity. Like Warner would've. Brothers, Warner Brothers would have been like. This man just won an Oscar if he, you know, which I still think he would have won even if he uh, had passed. Like, I think if he hadn't passed, I think he still would have won. So they would have been like, make the movie a little bit about him. Maybe. Like, I mean, I I do believe that they they pivoted back to the the League of Shadows as like, well, what's the other idea that we had? All right. League of Shadows. But I I like the idea of of Bane as like a like terrorist, like genius, as opposed to brawling wrestler. Um, But. Yeah, so yeah. We'll see. I like like, uh, I like Sean Connery's Bane, yeah. you know what I mean, sort of thing. I I don't know. I understood him the first time around, so I didn't really care. That so did I. The, uh, yes. Yeah, the I like first. Bane. Uh, I liked Bane because he blew up Three Rivers Stadium. Yeah. So. Jesus. <laughs> Mark. Hey, hey. Murdered someone uh, at the Nothing field. if you're not consistent, yeah. you know that's, what I mean? That's it. He, uh, uh, yeah, that first trailer. Like, though. That, yeah, that first trailer when we catched uh, <laughs> um, Mission Impossible, like, I heard him. When it was uh, like, like a, it was a mechanical sounding voice. It sounded like he was behind a mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just, right. I, just I, have- uh, I could just think of you, Mark, watching <laughs> that trailer on a loop, especially yeah. that part where the stadium does blow up, and that getting you back in your happy place. The like I can problem, just feel though, the only problem was Heinz Ward survived it. I was gonna say was the only problem was that Hyde's Ward survived yeah, it, right? Flaw because he's he's probably my least favorite stealer of all time. Yeah, because he's probably terrorized you enough, yeah, right? Enough. You know. I will <laughs> say this: I I do like the Dark Knight Rises a lot. I would put it as my lowest ranked Nolan film, but that I think just speaks to how much I've enjoyed Nolan's work Fair. so far. Um, he distinctly did not include following in this list. Spoiler alert: We're doing Nolan films. Correct. Um, that's his yeah. least. Um, but it's you know. Also, I haven't seen full. I haven't. That's the only one I haven't seen. I have the DVD. That's why I saw it. Um, Okay. Yeah. That that scene in Dark Knight Rises, the first time Mark was arrested for pleasuring himself in a movie theater. (laughs) (laughs) But it wouldn't be the last. But not the last. Yeah. Yeah. Damien Chazelle was yet to come. Pun intended. (laughs) Um, Good God. Tenet or Insomnia? Speaking of bottom tier. To mid tier, no. Wow, yeah, I know those. I have Tenet just one spot above Insomnia, so I guess Tenet. Same. <sighs> yeah, Tenet. Ryan has thoughts about Tenet. We'll save them for a minute from now. <laughs> I love. Yeah. No, I mean, we'll save them. Uh, here's we'll save them. here's one <clears throat> where I'm sure my answer is the only one of the three, but Dark Knight or Interstellar? I have Interstellar higher. Oh, okay. Marks with me. Um, that's my number three wow. for him um i have dark knight because i'm a smart 
person. Uh, but <laughs> Interstellar is uh, is freaking great. Like I rewatched that on FX like multiple times during this pandemic, and I, it gets me every time. And I, I think I think it might be McConaughey's best performance. Yeah, like I, you know, there, not, yeah. not True Detective, not standing obviously, oh, of course. but I you know, have, you know but but. Him on screen in that movie, I think yeah. no one. Get, I think it's it's something I would really hope that they both get to work together again because they really work well together. I've still only I, seen it once, but only yeah. because I'm terrified that it won't be as perfect as it was the first time. Yeah, that was your number one of the year. Wasn't yeah, it? out of nowhere. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. number one of the year. Three. Yeah. What year is that? I always forget. 2014, 15. That was the year of Twelve Years a Slave. I want to say. So it's 2013. No. Um, we all have things in front of us that have every bit of recorded human history. Um, we can just look this mine up. Mine would be, mine would be Grand Budapest that year. That would if, be yeah, Grand if Budapest it's 2014, then mine would also be Grand Budapest and Birdman ahead of it. But Interstellar yeah. is like my number two. 2014. Yeah. Interstellar's, Interstellar, I think, was like my six or seven. Like, it was yeah. high up. It was, it was in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm looking at what was the... The other thing is that year, because now I'm curious what was right behind it. Frozen was that like, year, I remember. Maybe it was. Birdman. Oh, it was the Birdman year then. Yeah, yeah so. it was Birdman, and then like Boyhood, and then like Lego Movie, uh, Only yeah. Lovers Left Alive, which was Gone Girl, if you like Gone Girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, uh, it's a pretty good, we used, a good year. We used to have those top ten lists somewhere, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i'll say about that i have to start a new database yeah yeah i gotta remember um yeah so we're i'm on i'm on interstellar obviously and then inception or dunkirk oh go ahead i think it's in uh, yeah it's inception but dunkirk's just a really good movie too like i mean those are i know that people get on inception for it being very expo exposition dump but it's also just it came at a time where like man i just had no idea we could do something like this with movies anymore make such original ideas and leo's really great in it the whole ensemble's great you know so um dunkirk's great too though you know yeah i love dunkirk but inception is a masterpiece to me that's, yeah. that's my personal number one for nolan uh it was my number two of the decade on my Whoa. countdown I had, yeah, and, I, and it was real close to being my number one. I just, I every time I see it, I love it even more. And what was number? What was number one, Mark? I can't help it. I'm a fan of La La Land. God damn it! Uh, I love La La Land. <laughs> he's on. He's on brand. I knew it. It's on yeah, brand. I get it. But I was like, yeah. it's La La Land or First Man. It's yeah, the, or uh, Whiplash. I'm surprised you didn't do Whiplash. Whiplash was top twenty. Yeah. Uh, Funny First Man was like eleven. Funny yeah, you mention this because Steve yeah. has a question we're gonna get to momentarily yeah, that yeah. asks something very similar. But yeah, the in Inception. Inception's uh, yeah. my answer. Dunkirk for me. Uh, Inception uh, is oh, the Nolan okay. I don't. Well, I mean, I don't get the love for as much. Uh, I understand why uh, it's great, but I. Uh, yeah. So my yeah. first time I saw it, I went. I was working as a telemarketer and, and obviously at a award circuit, and uh, went with this girl I work with, and we went like Friday night at midnight after working a whole week, which is not the time to watch a like two and a half hour sci-fi mind trip. So I feel like the first experience was just somewhat like with a mushy brain. So I, uh, yeah, that always colored, I think the first viewing of like, uh, this is, 
I don't know. I want to be in bed. I think that was one of the last movies I saw three times in a theater. Like I don't. I, I saw that movie three times, and 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 then I started to realize, wow, I've seen this movie three times in the theater. I should probably not do that anymore. Yeah. I'm trying um, to think of. I'm trying to think if I've seen and, anything uh, in theaters three times. And that's I, not. I've never done that. Sen- I've never done that since. I believe never. the only things I've seen three times in a theater are like Rocky Horror or The Room. <laughs> well, I mean, when I was a kid, I saw uh, Joey's favorite franchise, uh, The Lord of the Rings. Uh, three uh, times yep. each movie three times in the theater <laughs> um you know because is... they're masterpieces yeah, that's right joe you know um, we're just gonna edit so... this out right the only, <laughs> the only two movies i've seen three times in theater are one of karen's favorites jurassic park because mm. that yeah. was just you had to see it on the big screen it was just yeah amazing. that feels like a good big screen movie oh absolutely yeah. and then return of the king was the other oh, one. so good so just so you know i just uh, rewatched Ryan, all those marks we're edit- i'm re-editing that still fantastic when you said joey's favorite franchise you saw clerks and clerks <laughs> 2 somehow multiple times go figure um mm. no uh the <laughs> lost world was the first movie i saw twice in a theater oh all right really um, huh. well my grandfather was a projectionist so i didn't know movies cost uh, money until cool. i was like 20 which is <laughs> go figure a couple years later i, used I, to, I solved that problem i used again. to go to movies with I used to go to movies with my with my like my dad or my mom first, and then like because it was the summer and you really didn't have anything else to do, uh, like I dragged my grandma or my grandpa to the to the movies and we'd see and then and I'd lie to him and I tell him no I haven't seen it and <laughs> like you know whatever it is just because I wanted to sort of get out of the house and I wanted to go back to the movies and you know and see something again so yeah I, you know like I remember seeing the first Spider Man I mean I remember uh, like twice or three times and I remember them being like. My grandparents would be like terrified at some of the things in that movie. I can imagine. So, uh, because, you know, Raimi's got like that horror aspect to yeah. those movies that yeah. are great. Sort so. of. All right. So, Ryan <laughs> Ryan has a follow up question that uh, will lead us into a quick bit of news. He says If you were in charge of developing a new Star Wars show or movie, what would it be about and who would you get to make it? And uh, I'm amused by this question because my answer was uh, stolen by Patty Jenkins. Because literally for years, whenever someone's asked me about, like, what do you think they're going to do? Or Mm -hmm. if I've ever, like, daydreamed about running a studio, you know, like, I would, you know, have Out the Mountains of Madness get made and all these, like, undeveloped projects. I've always, like, mentioned in these conversations that I wanted a Rogue Squadron movie. Like, I love fighter jet movies to begin with. They're brittly made and rarely good. But I, uh, yeah, this will be a blast from Mark's past. One of my, like, favorite childhood movies is Iron Eagle. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. If you think about the politics of it, it's awful. But if you don't, <laughs> as a kid who doesn't want to jump in a fighter jet and go blow up a random country where people don't look like you, it's America. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, thinking about it now, you're like, wow, <laughs> this was Greenland. Yeah, but, pretty much. you know. That's, um, that's the 80s, though. Exactly. They even any, literally any communist country we can blow up in a movie. They literally have a scene. They're not, no, no, it's 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 Middle East. They go they go they don't go yeah, Russians in that movie. They go <laughs> they go not Saddam Hussein, even though he's dressed like him yeah. and, and clearly is like a yeah. fake general. But whatever. They even have a scene where someone goes, you know, your dad's gonna be fine. We got Ronnie Reagan. Like they, ah, oh. <laughs> watching it now is like gonna skip that. But yeah, it's always been Rogue Squadron. You know, like the Wedge Antilles movie, just like you, those are always the best parts of a good Star Wars movie, like the the dog fight. But they don't do that. It's always just, you know, 
small ships attack a big thing. And I've always kind of wanted to see the, like, I guess sort of like the X-Wing versus TIE Fighter movie, like a video game I liked. So that's been my thing. And I, and I, I mean, I guess, sure. <laughs> Patty Jenkins, why not? That works for me. So my answer is real life, unfortunately. But uh, you guys can, can have some fun now. Uh, Mark, go first. So I tried to stay on top of all the news, and it was just a lot. <laughs> He's so just I guessing if, if they made <laughs> if it already. If I mentioned something that was in that announcement, then know that I'm excited. I would love, we've, we've seen enough of the good side of the Force. I would love to venture down the, the Sith path and either something with the Darth Plagueis, Darth Sidious, you know, rise, you know, for, for the Emperor or, you know, another lesser known, I think there's like one that's like Darth Bane or something, you know, there's, there's a lot of like in the, in the, well, yes, I am of Sith. Thank you for mentioning. <laughs> yes, I am the Sith. I am the darkness. What a, what a, lo- what a lovely lightsaber voice. Somewhere, somewhere in the I was camera. waiting for somebody to do it. I didn't want to do it on you, Mark. But I just wanted to see what he said after it as I was preparing it. <laughs> somewhere in the canon, there, there's other Sith leaders yeah. that I'd like to hear their side of. Like, I, I'd, I think it'd be interesting. Yeah. Oh, as far as director, uh, oh my God. I don't even know. Um, I don't even know who I would have. Josh oh, it'd Strang. be Damien Chazelle. Shut up. You know what it would be. <laughs> You're right. Just, it'd be Chazelle. You know, the yeah, sad part is if Mark was a producer, like Damien Chazelle would hate him because he would offer him so much shit he doesn't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd let him do whatever the hell he wanted. Are you kidding? <laughs> Can you imagine Damien Chazelle's like, I want to make Babylon. And Mark's like, done. How do you feel about the Darth <laughs> Bane movie? Hello? <laughs> Damien? <laughs> Damien? Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't um, say the Max Rebo movie. <laughs> Just Damien Chazelle um, making the Max Rebo movie. It's Whiplash <laughs> in space. There you go. Joey does does um does remaking the Rise of Skywalker count? Oh, oh. Wow. With, <laughs> with with the with the with the duel of fates. I, um, sort of it. stuff that we know about. I'll accept it. Use the, um, the because all the stuff that I read about Trevorrow's yeah, yeah. sort of end to all this sounded a hell of a lot better. Look, I, I defended the Rise of Skywalker last year, uh, I, you know, it, at the time, and I still think it's an imperfect film. And but it ends some parts very good, and it leaves, some parts not. You know, fruit on it leads, yeah, it leads fruit on the vine for you know, um, for for other characters. Um, but um, for me, reading all that stuff, I was like, wow, this is. This is actually pretty dark, and it does stuff where like Kylo was the main bad guy, so it sort of feeds into what you're saying, Marcus. Like we get to see like a a true Sith Lord, you know, kind of the dark side just take over, and there is no redeeming qualities left to somebody. You know what I mean? There's they're just sort of like the bad guy, right? It doesn't need a galactic empire. We you know we just need him, and and, and like I've always kind of with sort of Jedi's and Sith and these lightsaber battles, they've always been sort of like, they've always been just like one-on-one, right? I would love to see something where it's like a giant set piece of Sith Lords and Jedi's fighting. Like, you know, it's uh, like a big war piece, like yeah. 
something like like Lord of the you know, not like Lord of the Rings, but like you know how they have the massive orc armies versus versus you know the humans. You want scale. So, you don't get scale. Yeah, I want like big scale for like these, uh, you know, because it just feels like there's like one Sith versus like yeah. all these Jedi's, or it's one Jedi versus I one. I mean, Rise Sith. of Skywalker hinted at that with that giant like space fight, but they never really did it. Yeah, but like the thing is, is like what the the last Jedi, which I love, sorry, Mark, um, uh, does is it shows that anybody in this universe, you don't have to be connected to Skywalker blood. Yeah. Anybody can be a Jedi if they tap into it. So this idea I always thought that they were going to do in the Rise of Skywalker, and they never did, was like Ray sort of building an army against Kylo of like you know her you know correcting Luke's mistake and making Padawans and you know Kylo sort of doing the opposite on his side and like recruiting people to the dark side like stuff like that would be really interesting you yeah. know to just see like a um, giant melee fights of lightsaber battles and like the Force and all this stuff. I mean, it would just be pretty cool. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, and who to direct it? Yeah. I have no earthly idea. Colin Trevorrow, so, you know, clearly. Anybody, any, anybody, anybody but J.J. Abrams at this point. Yeah, so. that's fair. Here, um, maybe Ryan Johnson again yeah. or something. I don't know. Steve, uh, <laughs> Steve, because he can't be here, sent in a, a question, and then we'll dovetail to a little chatter. We we have to be a little shorter today. Okay. Um, because I have an, an interview coming up that you guys will hear soon. Um, but Steve wants you guys to each give three films from the year, so 2020, that you feel passionate about that expect each other not to like. So then the opposite, two or three films that you think the other will love. So since we don't quite talk about what we've seen and like quite as much as we used to, this could work. So in other words, two or three Joey movies, two or three Mark movies, two or three Ryan movies. And then the his film hawk is American movie versus Kong, a fistful of dollars. The answer is American movie. Oh. And uh, La La Land oh. versus First Man <laughs> versus Whiplash. Choose two. So basically, which one doesn't win? Oh no! And I guess First Man of those three. So King of Kong is my favorite documentary of all time. So that would be my choice in that first. Mm battle and i guess whiplash is out of those three but oh wow that hurts me all right ryan uh king of kong and la la land would be out of those oh so so. brutal all right so now wasn't even it wasn't even hard so now two or three movies that we expect each other not to like that we think we'll love so let me look at my list if one of you has some movies handy you can go first otherwise give me one second so we're going so to a movie that we don't think you'll... So 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 we're basically... Yeah, so we're thinking of movies we've seen and presumably liked. So now first we're thinking of, I guess, movies that other other you guys will like and then ones that we think you won't. So, uh, for example, um, I don't think Mark will, will like or has liked Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, as much as I do. I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as you did. See, yeah, it's not. It's not a you movie. Like I'm sure you appreciated it. It wasn't. Yeah, you know, Mark spent the entire movie going, "Why can't a woman just do what a man says?" (laughs) (laughs) It's a great long build up to a shitty joke. Um, I don't think. I don't think. I. I know for a fact. I know that Mark doesn't like Mank nearly as much as I do. Yeah, I have to give that a second viewing. That's yeah. I have like seven out of the last out of the next eight days off, and that's number one on my agenda is to revisit Mank a second time. I don't know 
I don't know why I didn't like it as much as most people. Citizen Kane is my number two movie of all time. So I was really looking forward to it. And I like most of Fincher's work. But yeah, everybody seems to like that one more than I did. Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have like a Joey movie this year in the same way as normal. So there isn't a, like a one-to-one like, you know, Chasing Amy or something like that. Never, I would have said never rarely, sometimes always. Actually, though, for you, yeah, that's, that's a movie you love. That, that I would bet. That's because you heard months of me saying I loved it, so it was Maybe. locked in your head. I don't know that you would have picked it out of like a like a hat as as my movie. Well, um, you know what movie? You know what movie seems like it'd be a Joey movie too. I'll all say, right, is on the rocks. Yeah, yeah. it's just out of my top ten. Okay, yeah. it's a New yeah. York based. Uh, you know, not really romantic, but you know love story in a way yeah i don't know if you'd seen it yeah i don't know if you'd seen it at the time but i would have pegged the way back as a mark movie so way oh the one with ben affleck Affleck. Affleck yeah Yeah. i guess that's the one i should have said for you i I, yeah i don't think i I don't think joey nearly likes um i'm thinking of ending things as much as i do so oof yeah, I appreciated like it. I appreciated it, but I was, you know, yeah. left yeah. shockingly cold. Shocking is ironic because you know, <laughs> Charlie Kaufman. Um, I'm not counting the uh, like music documentaries. Like, I have no expectations that you guys would like the Springsteen documentary or either of the Taylor Swift documentaries as much as me. I don't know how. Might I don't Springsteen? Know, yeah. I need to see that. Yeah, it's on Apple. I, I think it's on Apple TV. It's yeah. it's yeah, very I would, good. I if you like the new album. It, it honestly is a really great companion piece to the new Taylor Swift documentary, not Miss Americana, the Netflix one, which I like, but is much more a traditional, like following a musician as they kind of like come to terms with who they are as an artist documentary. Um, the folklore one yeah. is a concert film, essentially just in quarantine. Same with letter to you, which wasn't done during quarantine. Though. It's just very interesting that there's two sort of stripped yeah. of all the things you come to expect out of a documentary especially about music. Um, yeah, they're both, they're both very good. And then I would say I wouldn't expect Mark to like Promising Young Woman as much as I am, but the movie's so fucking good that I feel like it's impossible oh, not to love that movie. Yeah, that's that's high on my list for the year. Mm-hmm. I think I, it's... Yeah, you, I, I think you liked it more than I did, but I, I, but I loved it. Yeah, it's... it's um, I've... I've Awards Radar has uh, somehow become a Focus Features uh, fan account because... Promising a woman or never really. <laughs> one of those two is going to be my number one of the year. I haven't decided yet. What was the other one? Uh, never rarely. Oh, yeah. I, it's it was my number one for most of the year. Here, I'll since Mark hasn't been on, and he'll be back another time. But for now, here I go. I'll, we'll tinker what we're going to do. Let's, I'll give you my top ten for now, and okay. uh, we can do. So let's do our our sort of where the the movies stand right now, and then we'll do the okay. sort of where we have our predictions right now. And then if we have time, we'll do a little bit of, of Tenet. And that's just what we'll do. Because this will chime into like what we've seen or haven't seen. So here, my uh, my top ten if the year ended today is Promising Young Woman, Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, Trial of the Chicago 7, The Way Back. Um, I have the Springsteen documentary, but kind of an asterisk. It's It could go either way as like an eligible title for me. Uh, the King of Staten Island. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Uh, Spontaneous, which I'm sure you haven't seen. No. You'd like it, though, I think. it's. Uh, imagine if Cronenberg directed a like Fault in Our Stars type movie. 
It's about teenagers who spontaneously combust. Oh, good. It's very smart. It's um, Catherine Newton yeah. and Charlie Plummer. And they reference Cronenberg like early on in the movie. Like when the first time it happens, one of them goes, this is just like a Cronenberg movie. So it's smarter than you would think. Um, Palm Springs. Okay. Um, I have Mank in my top 10 right now. I don't know that it'll remain. And then my number 10 is Banana Split, which is a, a really well-written like buddy movie, but it's about two teenage girls. One used to date this guy, one currently does, and they become like besties over it. It's incredibly well-written. There's just nice. something about it. It's Hannah Marks, who um, you've probably seen in something, but she wrote it and stars in it. And like, she's, she's, just, she's going places. Like I, I can't wait for her to win her Oscar. And if I... Like just missing the cut, Invisible Man, On the Rocks, One Night in Miami. So that's where my list is at right now. Either one of you can go next. Mark, do you have yours? He walked Mark. away to get it. He walked away to get it. Okay. Um, well, I can tell mine, Joey. Go for it. Um, if you like. Um, so my number one right now is Mank. Um, my number two is Minari. Three is the film we might talk about here in a little bit. Tenet. Four is uh, American Utopia. Five is Promising Young Woman. Six is Boy State. Seven is I Thinking of Anythings. Uh, eight is Shirley, Josephine Decker film. Um, number nine is The Father. And then as <coughs> excuse me, and as of right now. Um, I have the five bloods in there, but I really could move uh, the nest in mm. there as well. Sean Darkin's Ooh. great film. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Mark. Uh, okay. Um, Keep in mind, Mark's seen more than ten movies. <laughs> I have seen more than you than, than you're used to hearing from me. Uh, my number one is still Minari. I loved Minari. I don't get um, it. Promising young woman is to Trial of Chicago Seven Three. Surprise, Tenet yeah. is four. Uh, mm. I loved Pieces of a Woman. I was really, I think that's the movie that surprised me the most this year. Uh, I was number five. Um, just saw Boy State this weekend, or I think it was Friday night, but I loved Boy State. That's my six. Nomadland, seven. Uh, the Way I See It, number eight. Love that one. News of the World, nine. And Wolfwalkers, ten. Interesting. Um, oh, I love the Wolfwalkers pick, Mark. That's see, a great you guys have two of the movies I don't get the love for quite as much. I don't love Wolfwalkers as much as everyone else. It's beautiful, but I wasn't as like engaged yeah. as I want to be, which I think is I blame I blame watching at home for that one. I think mm-hmm. uh, I think if it had been like go to a theater, you got nothing else to do because it is a little slow going. You have to get through the first couple mm-hmm. minutes of like, okay, this is a paced movie, and I didn't so. Once the rest of the, you know, 100 minutes has to, I don't know, the pacing felt off to me. And then Minari, I, I like, but don't love. So I know I'm the only one. You monster. I, I, you monster. Listen, I don't historically <laughs> love movies that have like a biblical like feel to them. So that's somewhat there. And no, also, that's, no, that's fair. And also I, just, don't, I, I don't think it's think, I don't think it's very heavy handed. with. No, it's not heavy handed, but it, it is like somewhat noticeable. It doesn't doesn't hurt the movie. It's mm-hmm. just. Go ahead. What do you, I was going to say, what do you think of its chances to beat Soul? Oh, Wolfwalkers. Oh, Wolfwalkers. I was about to say, Minari's not eligible. Oh, I'm so. sorry. I thought that's what you were talking about. <laughs> Minari's zero. Oh, I, I'm, I, missed, I missed what you said. It cut out. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was about to say the biblical aspects of Wolfwalkers. I don't. I think more of the Celtic yeah, so aspects. I was, like, I was sitting here going, hmm. 
<laughs> Mark's like flipping through his Bible. Something. <laughs> Mark's on the phone to his like priest. He's like, "Wait, we have to talk about this." I need to rewatch that. Um, I was like, "No, no, Minari. Um, no, Wolfwalkers. I think yeah, okay. has a not zero chance. I, I think, I think yeah. Soul will I win think it's because pretty strong. Actually, I, I'm curious to see how Apple campaigns it. Like how effectively yeah. can, they can do it because it'll. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, so talk Oscars. I assume it'll win the Annie because you know they hate Pixar. It could upset at the Globes because <laughs> it's international. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, then then it gets to like, does my group does does Critics Choice go for it? I no y'all no y'all are gonna so go for Soul. I imagine so. So here's here's where it gets weird. So the inside baseball aspect of it is BAFTA. You know, you you talk to people and you get this wildly divergent take. You know. But then you got to realize at these events you go to, much like with the Academy, you're not talking to all of them. You know, there's 400, I think, writers in, in the Critics' Choice Association. So let's assume they all vote. They probably don't, but let's assume they do. You know, at, at any given event, there's 20 or 30 or 40, maybe 50. So you're, you're, you still can't possibly know what everyone's thinking. Because, you know, I last year know I, I, everyone I talked to also loved Waves. And that sure as shit got zero nominations when when the not when the nominations happened. <laughs> so you know, there's there's that. So I, I I would I expect to hear more of like I love Wolfwalkers and then Soul to win. Personally, I prefer yeah. Soul, but I also kind of prefer Onward to Soul. So you know, I'm smart enough I not to necessarily too, yeah. throw away yeah, my vote, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, no, it's I'm I was a little I was very underwhelmed with Soul. I wasn't yeah. underwhelmed. I just you know, when you go big like that for the theme, same with Inside Out. Like, I loved Inside Out, but I I was lesser than, than everyone else. Just because, like, when you promise me, like, the themes of life, I I want it. Yeah. And, and it's hard to do that. Same thing with Life of Pi. Like, I don't like Life of Pi for a couple of reasons. But one was, if you have a movie where you, you straight up on Front Street and, like, the first 10 minutes go, I'm going to tell you a story that's going to make you believe in God. Like, maybe do that. As opposed to, <laughs> instead, no, it's going to be about a I just, tiger on a boat. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I just, I just think with Soul, I was like, I couldn't buy into the the story and everything. I couldn't buy into it because of the fact that, like, all I could see were Jamie Fox and Tina Fey, and I couldn't see these characters. They're and they're so, good voice performances, so but that. they are they are notably their voice. I will concede that. Um, yeah. And we'll yeah. keep it because people haven't seen it enough yet. That the second act is. Yeah divisive yeah yes sure. yeah I, I had no idea that was coming and it was it was it was almost as jarring as the brave second act sequence <laughs> with like the bears I it's was much like, better done what the hell are we doing yeah it's much better than that but i'm like i like this is not what i signed no, up for i liked yeah, it you know but yeah I mean? they, they did an effective job of hiding that um so here let's yeah. uh let's talk tenant for a minute and we'll tie it into the oscars so we're not just reiterating a six-month old conversation um sure because I finally saw it because they sent me the 4K. It's good. It's it's stupid, but it's also good. Um, it's great. The more you think about it, the stupid. W- yeah, it, it's it's a movie that you can't think about while you watch. Like, cause you it, you're not meant to understand. Like that when the same same thing. There's a character who literally says, "Don't think about it, just feel it," or "Don't try to understand it, just feel it." And I think the movie kind of works best at that way. It's 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 about nothing. You know, if it's about something, it's time because. That's Nolan's like bugaboo. Every movie he makes is about time in some way. Um, mm-hmm. But is, you know, technically up with everything he's ever done. 
the the irony is like I think at the moment I have it winning one Oscar and it's sound. <laughs> Yeah. Which, you know, I didn't have a problem hearing the dialogue. Also, you know, at home there's nope. a volume button, nope. so that's a real ace in your hole. <laughs> oh, it's a little low well, now. subtitles. Yeah, it is. Subtitles. I, so I, you know, I don't do subtitles, but the irony is when I was a kid, everything I watched had subtitles. Just because I liked reading it also. I was like, I get a book and a movie at the same time. Um, yeah. And so I think I've subtitled myself out because, you know. I also watch international cinema, so I don't lack for subtitled mm. films. But yeah, no, I, I think it'll it'll I, I still have it like in the top twenty for picture. I don't think it'll get in, but I do concede that right. it's a weird X factor because you don't know how um, like traditionally released fare will do. I could definitely see the the producers branch being like, we gotta support this as like a you know, concept. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like It'll get nominated for visual effects. And I think it'll lose to the Midnight Sky since, you know, there's more there. Um, and could get in for like editing because it is, you know, very interestingly edited. Um, yeah, but I think it's superbly edited. I just, yeah. so I, I, the, the editing is good. I like the, he went with a much more indie editor. So it has a different, sort of slightly different look to what he usually does. But the thing is, I think the thing that held me back is like inversion is just not that interesting to me. Like it's visually interesting, like things backwards, especially while things are going forwards at the same time is, is interesting. Logically it doesn't work. Like I don't really get how a, you know, half of your soldiers fighting backwards can be beneficial. Half of you are shooting at the soldiers and half of you aren't. So, okay. I've got half an army then. Cool. I guess. And also just, you know, in that, like giant epic sequence at the end, which is well staged. I still don't know who the bad guys are. I know who the big bad guy is, but I have no idea who they're <laughs> fighting. And you really don't see who they're fighting at any time. There's like two guys you see, but there's a hundred soldiers who are in a like firefight. You don't really see. So that's where I get to like the dumb start. I'm like, Oh, this is silly, but also kind of fun. So quickly, uh, everyone, you both can give your thoughts on tenant give your thoughts on its award chances. And then um, each of you, since we're not going to have time for the full list, we'll, we'll have you back um, pick a category and give me like your quick, like thoughts on the category. We'll do it that way. Yeah. Okay. Mark, um, you first. Yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll go for you with, with tenant. Um, I think I would agree with half your assessment. I do think the half of you goes backwards is what's that. I said half of you are going backwards to my statement. <laughs> right. The other half is going backwards. Um, I do think the first viewing is intended to just not try to catch up. It's intended to be entertaining and uh, kind of just live in that world. I do think, and I do need to see it again. So this is just theory right now. Uh, and I do look forward to seeing it again. Um, I think there is a smarter film in there. And I think there's layers in this film. And I think it's going to make more and more sense the more you see it. Um but again, it's almost too smart, in my opinion. And, and you know, that's where I think you and I flip. Is I don't think it's a dumpster. I think that it's probably too smart for audiences, and at least too smart for the initial viewing. Yeah. But again, I think that's why, like you said, they intentionally put that line in there to tell you, hey, just sit back and enjoy it. Worry about the other stuff later. Well, that's a long-term failing yeah. for me. Like I, I, if you need a second viewing to understand something, I think that's a failing on the filmmaker's part. And I love Nolan, but. And you know, it's intentional. I, but I don't think right? that's a good, that's not a good 
like he can be, but yeah. like you know, Uva Bowl does things intentionally. He's still bad at it. Like no one's a better filmmaker. <laughs> but if you if you intentionally yeah. say you have to watch this twice, like that's like Mark. Imagine if the first time you had sex with your wife, you told her, well, it's going to take two times for you to like this. I mean... Like, she might not give you a second shot. Like, you can't assume the second viewing. You know, there's... That's how it goes. Yeah. Mark's like, it took way more than two times. What are you talking about? (laughs) But, but you know what? But, yeah, my point still is that you... If you're you're saying, like, you can't, like, get my movie the first time, I I almost feel like when you say that, what you're saying is, like, I didn't do it clearly enough. Like... You know, if I can't, if it, you can't get it the first time, that's a, that's a negative, not a positive to me. I know people disagree. It's just sort of maybe, the way I, I feel. Yeah, but here, maybe. go on to your further points. Um, so I think where I have it right now for Oscar is um, getting in for cinematography, editing, visual effects, and sound, which you all covered. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at on it. And again, I, I think it's a movie I need to see again before I really know how I feel about it. I have it number four on my list right now. It could jump up to... I could see it being my number one if I if I see it again and really love it. I mean, you can buy it in two days. <laughs> I'm gonna. There you go. Yeah. Uh, here and then, give me a give me a category that you're interested in this year and just give me a quick rundown of it. Um, I, I guess supporting actor is where I'm lost. Kind of re- really, yeah, really lost because I think you have Stanley Tucci being talked about a lot. My God, has there ever been more category fraud than him for supporting? I mean, that's he's, if anything, he's the lead. I oh, you've seen I, it. Yeah. I did get the season. Yeah. It's also not going to get nominated. So that's another story. Yeah. It's okay. It's yeah. fine. It's thoroughly fine. I don't, I had, I pulled him out of my five. Yeah. I don't have him in my five. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think that's a silly category placement, but actually right now, the one that I have winning or in the front spot is Kaluuya for, um, yeah, yeah. Judas and the for Black Judas. Yeah. I, I, I think it'll be interesting. I don't have him there because when I uh, when I spoke to someone close to the film, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, at the time, they had said they suspected it would be the opposite way around, and <clears throat> I don't know how the Academy thinks of Stanfield. I think honestly, they've never thought of him before. So if you flip flop no. and Kaluuya is in supporting, then I probably will make him number one just because prior nominee. Um, in a lot of things it's that they've seen now. Season. Yeah, like on their radar. Right, um, right yeah, now I... Yeah, if, exactly. Like right now I have Bill Murray as like a placeholder. Because I'll, I'll say this until the end yeah. of the year. Like if this had been a normal year and you could have convinced Bill Murray to go and like shake the hands, kiss the babies, he would win the Oscar. He would have won. Because <sighs> I mean, I saw it with I saw it with Bohemian Rhapsody. Like the movie was not worthy of winning awards whether you think it's a good or a bad movie, like nobody's going to argue it was one of the like two or three best of the year. The best film. So, but watching Rami Malek, watching a well-executed campaign, like watching him be engaged about the performance and like charm the Academy. Like I watched them like turn their vote to him. Like I saw it in real time at these events. So if you could have gotten like, yeah. Considering the fact that like, if he can do a zoom call or something, that would be great. I, he's not doing, I think that is the thing. If if like Kaluuya gets in supporting, I think it's it might just be done. We'd just be done with it because um, he's going to lock and win it based off just that trailer alone. I think. Right. But um, but if he doesn't, and it's who we have now, I actually think Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. might win the whole thing because he's, he's got the Borat right. and he's got yeah. the you know Trial Chicago Seven stuff. Yeah, Amazon's really pushing um, Baklova. 
for supporting if we, the actress. If we got over uh, the fact she's a lead. that Sasha Baron Cohen plays Borat, I think it would be a lot easier to be like, I guess he's winning, like, and be comfortable with him at one. There's just something about like him having an Oscar that I think you get him on us. Yeah, like it's not that no one. It's not that we don't like it, but it just you know thinking about what the Academy does. That's where I think the disconnect is. Like I like it. I like the second Borat movie. Like I I think it. You know, there's an off chance of like costumes and makeup. Like it's not you know out of the race. But original original song would be great for that movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> Just to see that get performed, right, guys? No. <laughs> I think I think Sasha is an interesting choice. I have him three, but in between him and Clea, I think is probably the real front row, which is Leslie Odom. And I think when you combine um, One Night in Miami with the Hamilton praise um, yeah yeah no that, i agree that, that really that, elevates but, that just depends on but i think they... he's going to end up getting original song mark yeah. and that's what they'll, they'll do to him like what they did with gaga or just um, they'll give him original song or cynthia Rebo, even will, though she didn't win yeah even though she didn't win they'll be like well that's where you get your reward or your real recognition mm-hmm. and the and the the the, the, the acting nomination is sort of second this might be this that. might be uh diane warren's year just because she has so many damn not songs in in the hopper that's another category we don't really that's know true. about but here, she could we'll, be like she could she could be like nominated for fives yeah i mean it, it's so one night in miami just depends on if the academy goes for it like i think it peaked a little early which is weird to say in a weird year but it it you know debuted to like it's getting in regina king's getting in everything's cool and then it's been very quiet which is not a bad thing necessarily but you just have to see how it bounces into Everything. its well, that's the thing. Like, Everything's if you're come out early, if though. you're not a, oh, yeah. if you're, you know, the Academy, like the ones I speak to, like they're starting to watch things, but they don't, they don't know what's up yet. So yep. that early buzz was not as beneficial as you would have hoped for. So what's, uh, I, I think that's, that's the story of this year. Though. Exactly. Ev- everything seems quiet right now. Right. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I have tried the Chicago seven still in the number one spot for best picture. Same too. And a lot of the argument there is, well, it kind of came in white. Yeah, in the Twitter sphere, it did. Yeah, I don't, yeah, but not yeah, yet. not in the Academy, right? And that, and there's so much time this year between now and when we're actually going to start seeing things that I I don't doubt that they reemerge, reemerge and whatnot. Yeah, like, everything's yeah. quiet. Like it's hard to know what's loud except for in our bubble. Well, that's that's right. what makes this year interesting because there isn't you know the events yeah. from like for me I can't go to an event now and yeah. talk to a voter and you know obviously if the event was for. Uh, you know, Mank, let's say, you know, you also hear about, well, what else did you like? Like that conversation doesn't happen. So you're, you're limited there. So once, you know, it's like I've said before, we're either going to have what the precursors and especially the guild say, just kind of be the, the rule, you know, and most voters will follow that or everyone's going to go in their own direction. And, uh, we will all <laughs> have, you know, 40% right come nomination morning. Cause there'll be no way of telling what, what's in a position, but that's, yeah, we have a few months right. to still figure that out. Ryan, do your tenant thing for sure, and pick a category, and then we'll wrap up. <laughs> I was about to say, I'll, I'll I'll speak backwards the entire time since Mark went forward. <laughs> we'll, we'll play it. We'll play it backwards. Steve will we'll play, play it backwards. backwards. Yeah. That's fair. Right. That's very fair. Go. Yeah, that's very fair. Um, I um, I saw Tenant in the theater. You monster! Um, I saw it in the IMAX. Um, hey, hey, we safe. Hey, it was very safe um it was sort of every other row was closed off so you didn't have anybody behind you or in the front of you for it um and um 
it's one it's probably with my limited theater going experience this year uh, my favorite theater experience uh the sound was great um i think that what nolan did last decade with inception he sort of you know built upon that and expanded it with um with this it's very much this is sort of the template for what it might be like if he ever did a james bond movie yeah um which is which is what i loved about it and um i love the performances especially pattinson um i think the visuals are fantastic i love the the world building and i love its sort of meta-ness too i think there is a meta-ness to this as much as there is to inception um inception is more of a meta commentary about filmmaking um i think that with tenet it's a meta commentary about the future of filmmaking um and uh, how anyone can really be the the holder of their story be their own protagonist um be you know everyone should have the the ability to make uh, blockbusters like these i think that that's what he's telling us here that's why i think he thinks it's so important um when he's really sort of invested in something is is he he's very giddy about it and um and then it excuse me it could come off as stubborn um, which like some people read on Twitter, but I think it's just a man who who wants everyone to see this so that they can see the vision that he's sort of brought to them. Um, and uh, I think it's a, a wonderful film. It's at my number three right now. I don't know if it'll move up from there. Um, I don't know if it could, if it moves down, maybe it's like one or two spots. Mm. If I see something, you know, if I see something groundbreaking, maybe like Judas um or you know if it's doubtful wonder woman maybe if i'm you know if i see news of the world and think it's great you won't um yeah (laughs) um but you never know and um so yeah i just think it's a it's one of the most fascinating sort of uh pictures that we've had this year um in a year that we've had a lot of meta pictures and you know pictures to talk about stuff behind the scenes and then the 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 category i'm just fascinated with um is director and the reason why and the reason why i'm so fascinated with it is it could be a very boring season yes but satisfying for all of us cinephiles in that you know fincher wins or we get another sort of great out of the box history making winner um with somebody like a chloe zhao or somebody like a regina king or a Dorsey Wolf, or a Lee Isaac Chung, or um, you know Spike Lee, or um, you know there's there's tons of choices, and it could be a very diverse lineup. We could this could be the first year we've ever had two women nominated in a year that was dominated by female filmmaking. Um, so I'm really sort of hoping that's the case. Yeah. Um, and it, but it goes back to what you were saying, Mark. It's like we don't know it to the extent of how many of these movies have sort of wavered off and, or they're just sort of sitting in the weeds and waiting for their chance to pounce when it comes to February. Right. And so when it comes to that is Fincher, did this movie premiere too early, much like, you know, trial of Chicago seven, is it going to stay and keep its momentum the whole time? Is it sort of his anointed year or is it the, the or are we going to get the diverse lineup that many including our old friend clayton davis is predicting are we going to get some sort of like wonderful new you know blood in there because it feels like a year 
not a lot of established directors are really going to be in there. It could be a lot of, you know, first time nominees in the category or debuts. It could be a really interesting year. And so that's yes. why I'm just really curious about that. Yeah, no, that's, that's sort of why I hinted at that one. So thank you for taking a hint. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on with the category. I, 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 I tend to play it safer than someone like Clayton does just because um, it's one thing to want that to happen. And we all, you know, to one degree or another want yeah. this to happen. You know, you, you, you want the Academy to reflect the world better. You oh, want I have, to- I have, I have Fincher winning, right? Yeah. Now. Same. I have Fincher winning, but I might, no, my, my point was just, if uh, it's, it's great to, to want the things to happen and to advocate in some way. But at the end of the day, I want to be right. So my, I tend to <laughs> yeah. not go out on the same amount of limbs because also just, you know, if you, if you're wrong, that's not a great look, but moreover, like if you, I feel like when you pressure the Academy, you get green book. They, they react yeah. Yeah. in a way that's not productive. Not that it might not have won anyway, but you know, moonlight upsetting La La Land. Sorry, Mark. Um, you know, happens. I agree with you back from what we, spoke about for you know four years ago the election is a reason but also just not being pressured to pick moonlight like it wasn't expected to win so it was you know the people who loved it felt like they weren't being bullied whereas you know when you're told like green book is regressive and don't vote for it if you liked a movie or bohemian rhapsody you go well, well screw you yeah i'm just gonna do what i want yeah it's it's sort of like a yeah it's a very childish way yeah. of doing so it I often, it's like you tell me i can't have that candy i'm gonna eat that exactly candy. so like you know why I, mean? I i i differ from clayton in that you know what like with um steven ewan like oh this is it would be the first asian actor nominated in this category and this needs to happen and you should happen like when you when you tell them that you know most members of the Academy take it on face value and go, Oh, I'll consider that. But there's enough still who hear that and go, Oh, so you only want me to vote for him because of what it looks like. Well, I'm not going to do that. And they think they're in the right. Mm -hmm. They don't get that. That sounds kind of racist in their mind. That's, you know, I'm not considering it's the, I don't see color. I feel like, yeah, I feel like a little bit of that with, with Riz Ahmed. Yeah. Like, like for me, like, I'm like, like I know, a lot of people like Sound of Metal. I'm not like the biggest fan of it. Fair. Um, overall, I think his performance and Paul Ricci are the best thing about it. And, and then the movie is a little too long. But like for him to be nominated, it's like I, I, you know, and then I see like articles and stuff about like he'd be the first um, um, Muslim actor. Right. And and that's great. But it's also like, is that movie going to be in the conversation still enough? Are people going to want to watch that? It's a very, I think it comes down to very visceral. It just comes down to that. Shouldn't be the reason you vote for anyone. Just like it shouldn't be the reason you're friends. It's a great performance. Be the reason you do anything. It should be the added bonus of I'm rewarding the work. And also we've managed to break a barrier. Like nobody voted and we got to wrap up. So nobody voted for parasite because it was a Korean film. You voted for it because it was the best film or your favorite film. And the fact that it was breaking a barrier was a was a historical bonus that you could feel pride in. Same with when you vote for a presidential candidate in the last handful of cycles. You know, you trust me, you take the win if you can get it. But, you know, you're voting for someone, hopefully, because of what they represent in terms of politics or in terms of your ideology, less so, you know, what they look like, because that's not what equality is about. It's not about, you know hitting a quota it's about equality based on 
who you are, what you're doing. So that's a larger conversation we'll do. But I, I, I want those candidates to get in. You know, I want those nominees. I would love Riz Ahmed to be a nominee. I'd love Regina King to be a nominee. I'd love Chloe Zhao to be a nominee. But the more we hear like, oh, they would be this as opposed to, oh, let's look at the work. I think you run the risk of them missing. And that would be a shame. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that another time. Let's wrap up as I um, prepare for Emerald sure. Fennell. And as you've heard in this podcast, we all Lucky. hail promising young woman. Um, yes. Mark, uh, you know, say where they can find you and uh, recommend a movie that's not on your top 10 that you were surprised how much you liked. One that's not in my top 10? If you want, you know what? You can, if you want to talk boy state for a second, go for it. Either way. Yeah, what the hell? Go for it. Um, you can follow me at Mark Likes Movies on Twitter and um, writing occasionally for awardsdaily.com. I have Very a occasionally. coming out next week. <laughs> it's a rare thing. All right. the, the, the inside like ba- Yes, the inside baseball thing that I, I joked with Mark earlier was um, when this was for- coming together, Mark, you know, had the option of where to go. And I was like, you're, you know, pitched him on this. And he uh, he sort of was was saying, like, I don't know how much work I'm going to do. Um, I don't really want to write yeah. anymore, you know, than I already do. Not anymore. So uh, I was like, all right, it's, it's a challenge. Right? You no, know, it was fine. Like I, between, I got it. Yeah. I, it was more, yeah. I, as kids I, at home schooling. Exactly. My, my stuff. only concern was when he's like, I think I'm going to go with Sasha was, is this just nonsense? And she's going to whip him into writing. And in six months, I'm going to be pissed that he's doing like a week, the article. And I'm very happy to yeah. say he's proven to be <laughs> as lazy as I'd hoped. So I'm glad that he can just pop onto the podcast and, I, and now have seen the movies. So I've just got better. I wish, I've sacrificed. I wish it was about being lazy. Exactly. I've sacrificed <laughs> some making fun of Mark's age, but I've benefited. Now he's actually seen the movies I've seen. So I can not just text yeah. him about football yeah, and baseball. All right. Recommend your I'm movie real quick. The movie. I'll, yeah. The movie I'll recommend. I, I already talked about voice. The movie I'll recommend that's still kind of lingering just outside my top 10 that I really liked and was really surprised by was um, The Devil All the Time, which I think you can find on Netflix. I, I, I really liked it. I don't know why, but I, I did. I wow. Brian? Wow. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at RyanMcQuade77 and uh, um, I write it a bunch, a bunch of other, other places. places. Um, but, but uh, uh, you, know, you know, the, the film that, that I, I, just I just watched it and it sort of, it's, it's cracked into my top 20. top 20. Um, and, and it's, it's a movie, movie that, that I really liked was Driveways. Mm, Brian Denny. Um, that that is, you know, yeah, with Brian Denny's final performance. Final performance. Um, Hong, Hong Chow's really, really good. Into, and the little kid that's in the film, I don't remember his name. name but, but, um, yeah, yeah, that's just a sweet little little, little movie. It's a good companion piece, I think, to Minari. Um, you know, I think that it's on... I think, I think it's, it's on, on iTunes. iTunes. You, you can rent, rent it there, there and uh, it's, it's like, like only an hour and a half or so, but it's it's a sweet, sweet little movie. And um, Denny's amazing. Cool. Him, he's, he's great. Awesome. Um, my name, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, or awards radar at all those same things. Uh, Buffaloed is the movie that I'm going to recommend. I think it's on Hulu now. It's uh, oh, so much fun. Movie. I love Zoe Deutsch. Oh. And yeah. it's just so smart. And I love when a movie makes its character that smart. Like there's something mm-hmm. about watching her be the smartest person in the room and also being conniving, like everything about it just works. It was a delight. So I, 
just missing my top 10. So if you can check that out, I highly recommend it. And uh, that'll wrap us up right now. So we will, uh, Ryan will be back, I'm sure, very soon. And, you know, I'm sure I can talk Mark into wasting some time on a Sunday. Especially, I'm sure it will be possible. Yeah, especially yeah. once the rounds are done. It's good, good to catch up with you guys. Exactly. So uh, we're going to wrap yeah. that up. So everyone stay safe and uh, we will talk to you soon. So thank you to Mark. Thank you to Ryan and uh, talk to everyone next week.